everything about world-class championship wrestling and Lance Von Erich. It doesn't sound like wrestling to me. Find out what brother Lance was created for. It wasn't Mike. Read why Chris Adams escaped authorities in another country. Find out how they hid the severity of Kerry's leg injury. And all that too. Lance by chance. Wrestling is a Von Erich. Buy your book today at Russellville.com. Blake Bulletproof Troop, known for dropping warheads on people's foreheads, and you can catch me going live with Vincent over at the WrestleVille Podcast. You're listening to the WrestleVille Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Blake Troop, professional wrestler, MMA fighter, Analyst, commentator, you name it, right? How you doing, Blake? Doing very well, Vince. It's good to come on. For the fans who have not heard of me, my name is Blake Bulletproof True, known for dropping warheads on people's foreheads. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, you know, let's uh, let my fans know who you are a little bit. You have an extensive MMA, mixed martial arts background. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Correct. I've been training martial arts now for a little bit over 20 years, relatively consistently, and I've been competing on a professional level for just about a decade. I have 14 professional MMA fights. I trained out of Black House headquarters in Los Angeles, guys like Anderson Silva, Leota Machida, Alexander Volkov, a lot of top guys for a very long time. I also still compete in professional submission grappling. had my last match February, uh, submission-only grappling. And I tapped the guy in less than a minute with Rob Van Dam in my corner uh, for real shoot grappling. So I'm still a legitimate competitor within combat sports. And I also work as an analyst, including Fubo Sports Network, doing a live broadcast with hundreds of thousands of viewers working as a combat sports analyst. So I really consider myself a full-on expert in everything combat-related. Hand-to-hand combat, at least that is. Right, right. And when you're talking about mixed martial arts, I, I, I had the opportunity to work with a promoter for almost two years in MMA and um, worked in his public relations and, and later became his matchmaker because long story. However, very, very tough sport, right? I got to see a lot of people underestimate mixed martial arts a little bit. Do you, would you agree with me that that can happen? Absolutely. I would almost say it's one of the most underestimated sports. You have a lot of armchair quarterbacks sitting home thinking that they can go out there and beat the crap out of any of these guys fighting. But they have no idea how much more exhausting fighting is than than it is when you're sitting there watching it. And then how much more complex and strategic it is when you just sit there and watch it. People see guys fighting and they think it's just two people punching each other in the head. Which there's an there is a knuckle dragging extent to the sport, but the higher you get, the more strategic you see these guys are, and they're setting things up and creating the openings that they're finishing. I've been training for twenty years now. I every time I hear somebody come in and talk about how they could go in there and do that, I just laugh because it takes five six years to even be decent at it, in my opinion. So I definitely think a lot of the regular people of the world think they can go out there and fight, which. In my opinion, it's just like thinking you can go swimming and never have learned how to swim. Like, dude, you don't know how to swim. Like, you don't know how to fight until you have learned, you know, but it doesn't look that way on TV, you know. It's easy for an armchair quarterback to sit back and say they could be in the Super Bowl. 
Right. Yeah, I, I I've seen guys, you know, guys in training and stuff, and and guys would take matches, and and you know, some of the guys on my team that were wrestling under or fighting under my promoter, they would train with them for a day or two, and they'd say like, you know, the guy's not ready. You know, they 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 saw the writing on the wall, and it it takes years, and you know, you're talking about guys that that study wrestling uh brazilian jiu-jitsu you know all kinds muay thai all kinds of different things right it's just not one thing and and the more arsenals you have in your bag so to speak the better off you are right i agree 100 percent. so these days everybody needs to be relatively proficient in everything if you're if you're lacking in any area it's going to dramatically show in these days of mixed martial arts competition. And I definitely agree with you that you see a lot of guys get in the cage sooner than they are ready for, at least against some of the level of competition that you'll see these guys face. And I think it's a lot like wrestling. There's guys that are doing this as a hobby. And then there's guys that are doing this as a profession. And you can drastically see the difference in the guys that are preparing for professional fights on a professional with a professional mentality versus the guys who just kind of want to get in there. And I always wanted to fight. I wanted to do this. It's my dream, which is awesome. This is my dream too. But like you get out what you put into it. And a lot of guys don't put enough into it and all they get out of it's a badass kicking at the end of the day. Right. Right. How old are you, Blake? 35 years old. Okay. So 35 years old. So you've been doing this about 15, 14, 15 years old in your teens. Right. So I mean, this is probably something that's come very second nature. I've I've watched some of your MMA fights and uh, uh, some Matt wrestling matches on online of you, and you definitely got the goods. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I've been consistently training for a really long time, and I believe that it really shows when I get on the mat and get in there and compete, which in my opinion is the biggest thing that matters. I get my black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in July. But I never cared what color my belt was. I always cared how I performed on the mat. You know, all a belt does is hold your pants up or you hold your gi closed. The only colored belts that matter in combat sports, Vincent, are gold. What got you to kind of change gears a little bit and enter pro wrestling? Well, professional wrestling was really my first love. I grew up a major professional wrestling fan, um, especially the video games, but especially watching the events. I was a huge, huge, huge wrestling fan. And the late 90s when kayfabe kind of started falling apart, early 2000s-ish, is right around the same time that mixed martial arts really started coming out of the gate. And so it stole a young Blake Troop's heart for a, a long period of time. And then... Partway through my fight career, I was watching guys like Conor McGregor or even CM Punk get these amazing opportunities. And in my opinion, they didn't necessarily fully earn. Conor can fight. Conor got great hand-picked opponents to, ma- to make his way to the top much better. And the reason that happened is because Conor was marketable. So I started looking at guys like Conor or even CM Punk. CM Punk got that spot because he's going to put ashes and seeds and sell pay-per-views because the guy's entertaining. Just like Jake Paul, another person who's a perfect example. So I realized I needed to boost the entertainment value of my brand. This is probably eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. And I created Bulletproof Troop, this personality now, which was essentially a professional wrestling personality in combat sports. And eventually that got the attention of professional wrestling. I started doing some commentary in pro wrestling for Dave Marquez's championship wrestling from Hollywood. 
And eventually when COVID happened, I was supposed to March 13th, 2020, I was going to have the biggest fight of my career. The main event on the Fox Sports Network for the Lights Out of Street Fighting Heavyweight title. Now, it's supposed to be March 13th, 2020. If you are good with dates, you'll remember the world started shutting down on March 12th. I woke up the day of weigh-ins to find out the biggest fight of my career was canceled due to COVID. So I just kept training, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve, kept putting in all the work I could. But one month goes by now, two months go by, three months go by, four months go by. And I'm just sitting here basically doing nothing with my career. And at the time, early 30s, but still, that's that's not a great age in combat sports. Not that it's terrible, but at the same time, I didn't have time to waste. So I, I had already planned on getting inside of the professional wrestling ring. COVID made that happen a little bit faster than I had anticipated, which is actually why I live in Florida now. I left Los Angeles, December of 2020, moved to Tampa, Florida. I currently still live in Central Florida, um, and I just went after my dreams. I didn't want to sit on the couch and sit here waiting with my fingers crossed anymore. And I, so I made the move to Tampa, Florida, to train with Chris Silvio, Death Proof Dojo, got myself prepared for in-ring competition. And now I'm about 18 months into that in-ring career. I trained for about a year, and now 18 months into my in-ring work. And how's it going for you? I, I see that you're getting on some pretty good-sized stages for pro wrestling. Talk. Talk to a little bit about some of the promotions and companies that you're wrestling for. Yeah, so uh, being a rookie of 18 months, people are really surprised at not just where I've worked, but sometimes the work that I've been able to do. Before I even get into the promotions, I'll tell you about what my record is. In my combined record of tag matches and singles matches is probably somewhere around like 40 and three. I've lost three times. I've been pinned one time. I've lost one singles match out of probably 25 singles matches. I've lost two tag matches, one of which that we lost was for the NWA USA Tag Team titles on the NWA 312 pay-per-view several weeks ago in Chicago. So I've worked with the National Wrestling Alliance. I've already challenged for a belt at the National Wrestling Alliance. I worked with Control Your Narrative, where they called me death, and I just go in and slaughter a bunch of people. PCW Ultra, I have a submission win. Um, I have submission and knockout wins on championship wrestling from Hollywood. I have a whole bunch of finishes at the Coastal Championship Wrestling here in Florida. That is one of my home promotions that I work with a bunch. This past weekend in Port St. Lucie, I beat five guys in a row, two guys at the same time. So I have been just running over the competition around this country. People aren't ready for a legitimate shooter to come in and stretch them out, and that's exactly what I'm doing, Vincent. Only one man, J.R. Kratos, has been able to stop me, got me to flying me and drop me. But besides that, nobody's been able to really do a whole lot to me. I've been I've been looking for the guy who's going to do it, Vincent. Where's he at, though? I actually saw that match uh, today, and I I thought it was, I, th- I thought it was awesome. You know, both of you guys went all out. It was very physical. It was it was fun wrestling to watch. And so, you know, if you're bringing that kind of uh, you know energy into your your matches, uh, you're definitely going to get some eyes on you for sure. Yeah, I enjoy bringing this style of realism. You know, I grew up um, believing a lot in professional wrestling. I think that there's obviously different flavors and stuff for different people to enjoy different stuff. The flavor I like to bring is realism. Whether I'm cutting a promo, whether I'm in a match, whatever it is, the intensity's there. It's real. And I'm legitimately in there competing with my opponent. I'm not just in there to quote unquote put on a show or or get my shit in. You know, like I come in there to win. And I think that that realism shows with all the way around every aspect of my brand. What was your experience like with uh, CYN? 
control your narrative? It was good. So I learned a lot at CYN. I was able to, I've wrestled in a handful of different states, wrestled on the same cards as guys like Braun Strowman, EC3, Austin Aries, Weston Blake, Killer Cross, which I'd already wrestled on other cards with him before. But so being able to be around a very high level of, um, of talent, I think always helps a lot, particularly because if you're a coachable athlete, you're in the back asking questions or for guidance and so forth. They're incredible assets to learn from, which I was I'm I'm big on doing. I'm an extremely coachable athlete and I seek out coaching. So it was great being able to work and learn learn some stuff through the guys at CYN. Great locker room. Uh really liked a lot of the guys there. And something else I really enjoyed about CYN was the way that they had a new presentation of what we love. It was a drastically different presentation of professional wrestling, but I liked it. And there's more cinematic sometimes, like especially with like the free the narrative stuff, which I'm in free the narrative three. I was a big fan of this artistic new approach to it. I did have a falling out with CYN though, and no longer work with CYN. I'm not sure if they're still doing stuff with the the situations with that, but, but yeah, I enjoyed CYN though. I think they put out some great content. I was surprised the hate that they got online. I heard some, you know, negative feedback on them, and and I just really couldn't understand where that was coming from, right? Yeah, one that really surprised me was, like, the racism. I said that, that was a very diverse locker room, and everybody was very friendly and open. It's like, that was one of the things that really surprised me, where, like, people would say there's a political agenda there, and, like, I got none of that vibe on either ends of those things, which were things that really, like, it, it surprised me why CYN got such a bad rep, but... Sometimes that's how the internet is. Are are they running right now, or are you you still have a relationship with them? I'm not sure um, what the situation is with them. I know they were supposed to do a tour a little earlier in the year, and then Braun Strowman and Adam Sher got signed to WWE again. And it seemed like some of that might have fallen off. I don't know exactly, to be honest. Um, I'm still cool with everybody. Um, my EC3, I see all the time at NWA. He just actually... I see him all the time, so I saw him a few weeks ago. But I don't know about if I would work for CYN again. I did have a falling out, sort of, with the company. Which, let's talk about that, because that's a fun story. I'm not going to mention this person's name, but I will tell you a little bit about them. So, rewind, like I told you, they called me Death at CYN. And so, this night was June 11th. We had a show in Orlando of last year, so June 11, 2022. And I come out. I slaughtered like five guys, like I always do, you know. Uh, and so then there's the after party. But so the reason I bring up that I'm death, that I slaughter all these people is the fans' perception of who I am is is death. I'm this killer who just comes out and slaughters everybody. So now the show's over. I come out, I slaughter everybody. Show's over, and now we have like an after party at the same venue. And so I'm there with one of my girlfriends. And she's in the girls, so we're, like, dancing with other chicks and, like, having a really good time and stuff, like, having, like, the most fun in the bar. I had a great performance that night. You know, now I'm, like, out having a bunch of fun. And so me and my chick go back over towards, like, the VIP table where, where like, Adam Shirts and the other people are sitting there, where it's, like, the more VIP area of the people that are there, like, within our group. So I go over, and I'm standing, like, right next to the table where everyone's sitting there with my back towards the table facing the stage. And I get pushed in the back. Like, not hard enough to make me fall, but pushed hard enough. I had to, like, take two steps to, like, catch myself. And, like, I felt like it was a very aggressive push. 
And so I like take my two steps. I wait a second, like turn around because I think it might be one of my buddies. And I turn around and there's this like 50 year old white dude staring me dead in my sitting right there at the table, staring me dead in my eyes, laughing his ass off. And I'm 6'4", 245. My ears are chewed up from fighting. Like, I clearly look like I fight, and I'm a giant dude. Like, I'm one of the bigger people there, too, you know, like, still legit 6'4", 240. So I come in, and, and I lean, lean down, and I get to his face. And I'm, like, three inches from his face, big smile. And I'm like, my man, I'd appreciate that. I have no idea who this guy is. Like, my man, I'd appreciate it if he didn't touch me again. But he's sitting at our VIP table, so, like, he's with people. I'm like, my man, I'd appreciate it if he didn't touch me again, blah, 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 blah. Like, being really nice about it, and this dude erupts in laughter in my face. So I lose the smile. And I'm still like two inches from his face. Like I lose the smile. I'm like, nah, listen, you touch me like that again, we're going to have a problem. And so right then I get tapped by Adam Sherper on Strowman's chick. And she's like, hey, hey, it's cool. He's with us. And I'm like, all right, it's cool. I'm just talking to him. And I look back and he's like smiling and laughing in my face like I just got regulated on. So I lean back in. I'm like, listen, my man, I need to know that you're not an understanding, that you're not going to touch me like that again. And he's like, oh, do you, mate? Why don't you go f yourself? So I slapped the out of him and then ended up knocking him out um and the reason why and so they ended up firing me for this um but this is a former wwe nxt champion that i slapped and knocked out open hand slap you know like i got so kind of like you know you can't be so thin-skinned about it and people want to like mess with you and i'm like dude i can take a joke my line is if somebody touches me what's next you're like is he gonna hit me next time is he gonna slap me next? but like he's pushed me in the back really hard and if he didn't get the reaction he wanted there, he's just going to keep it up. So I just bypassed all the bullshit. All right, you're going to keep fucking with me? All right, well, then I'm just going to – we're just going to cut to the me hitting you part then. And so they fired me for that, which I'm not proud of. I shouldn't have hit the guy, but I don't know. I think you play the stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Just because you've been in this business for 20, 30 years doesn't mean you can come pick on a rookie. You know, I got in a lot of trouble because people thought that I was thin-skinned and couldn't take a joke. But, like, I'm cool with taking a joke. My line is, I draw the line with people putting their hands on me. You know, once a person puts their hands on me in an aggressive manner and makes it clear that they'll do that again, then I just bypass all the, the nonsense and I'll just get to put my hands on them. You know, like, don't get physical with me if you don't want me to get physical back. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and so because you got physical, it it turned negative for you. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was in the wrong. Like, it was... But I don't know. I, I doubt there were any repercussions for him whatsoever. I was the one in the wrong because I'm the rookie who stood up for myself getting bullied, you know, um, which blows my mind. Like, I couldn't believe that I stood up to a dude who literally physically assaulted me. And I was the asshole. But I wasn't. So not ev not everybody necessarily felt that way, but enough of the people who were the big decision makers said it that I was no longer welcome. That's how we, we learn though, right? Oh, absolutely. I definitely learned, you know, like he told me to go F myself and I smacked him and knocked him out. And I kind of did go F myself because it put me in some, it definitely put me in like a six month rut of having to climb myself back out of it. Other things going on. Cause that was definitely the biggest and best thing I had going in my career at that moment in time. And I was bummed up that things played out like that. I really liked what they were doing. I liked the locker room. I liked all that, but it is what it is. You definitely can learn a lot about who your friends are or aren't though. When stuff like that happens and how much they'll stand up for you. If they'll just let you let you burn on the side of the road. Cause they don't want to potentially miss their opportunities.
Well, there's there's definitely politics in the sport. Oh, absolutely. I'm learning all about the politics. You know, I've heard I've heard a lot of stories over the years, and you know, uh, I was talking to a uh, an old school wrestler uh, recently, and and he he said that his trainer uh, told him stories and and told him long and hard. You know, this is what you're getting into. You know, this is you know, and he basically he dis he described it as it was you know pretty much a stab your you know get stabbed in the back business you know not not from everybody but a lot of people were trying to make their way to the top and they were willing to pull other people down to get there oh yeah i, I see a lot of that already going on i'm i'm ready for all that kind of stuff i don't see i don't think anybody's pulling me down on that i think that just a veteran tried to Try to be Mr. Cool Guy and mess with the dude that everybody knew was a legit badass because he thought he could get away with it and then didn't. And then the powers that be are like, oh, shit, we need to protect this bully system. So this dude needs to get in trouble for this because we need to be able to continue to bully bully guys. It's a form of control, right? I think so. And I I think it's just a way to kind of like mess with. I think it's one of the things you see just like in fraternity sometimes. Like the people that think they're at the top, they think they can just like do things to the people below them and it's just without repercussion but what i will say about this specific person since then they've come and apologized to me and i actually really like them as a person now you know they came in and apologized i got blah 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 i was going through a rough time if this that and the other and so i will say that that person has redeemed themselves in my book and i would say that i'm relatively cool with them again oh that's good or cool with them i wouldn't say again cool with them period because i wasn't cool before it happened you know i didn't know i had no idea who it was well, hey, I know that you have some training to do. I appreciate you talking to me. I've had a really good conversation. We'll definitely have to do this when, you know, down the road. I'd like to do this with you again if you're open for it. I'd love to. I'm I'm getting my black belt in July, and I'll be competing for a world championship in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in July. So maybe right around that time after that would be a good time to come back on. Give us a few months. I'll have some updates on some shoot stuff. and then. Go from there. Yeah, and you can talk to me about all the guys that you're, you know, putting in their place. Yeah, so luckily that, that's that been the one time that it's happened. Um, and I wouldn't even say it was a put in their place. It was like, all right, if, if you think it's okay to touch me and you made it clear you're going to keep touching me, then I'm going to – I felt like I had no other recourse but to touch him back, you know. Like, obviously my words weren't getting through to the guy. Um what I want to do is quote unquote put people in their place. I'd rather get along with everybody. I'd rather be friends. I'd rather like, and that's I'd rather have positive relationships and connections with people. I don't need to be like this badass stuff guy. I've proven that in my life where I don't need to like go out and try and exude that on other people. But yeah. at the same time, like I'm also not going to just be walked all over, especially like, and I've seen other places where somebody lets that happen to them. Oh, dude, it is a very slippery slope down the hill. Right. You know, and I just. I wasn't going to be that guy, Vince. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And, well, hope, and you hopefully should. I don't have any more stories of kicking anybody's ass the next time we talk. I'm, fingers crossed that I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about all the, the championships that you've, <laughs> that you've won and up until then. Hey, how can fans find you on social media? Fans, you can find me at Bulletproof Troop on Instagram, or you can head on over to BulletproofTroop.com. Pick yourself up some merch, like, subscribe, follow. I got YouTube.com uh, forward slash Bulletproof Troop, 
or on Twitter at Big Troop 22. One more time at Bold Through Troop on Instagram at Big Troop 22 on Twitter, uh, youtube.com forward slash Bulletproof Troop, or head on over to bulletprooftroop.com and grab yourself some swag. All right. Well, thanks a lot. It's great to have you, man. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Bang, bang. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. This is Max Castellanos at Chingon de Texas. This is the Firestarter Jake Chris. This is ECW Original, the Enforcer, C.W. Anderson. And this is Gringo Loco. This is former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Tim Storm, and you're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. Vinny Berry, and for more than 20 years, I've covered news and sports, specializing in pro boxing, MMA, and wrestling. This is Keith Elliott Greenberg. This is Miss Reality, Maddie Winkowski. Listen to stories from pro wrestling on the Russellville Podcast. This is the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. To listen, go to Russellville.com or on Spotify. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. The Russellville Podcast, now that, my friends is just incredible.